that was, you know, we wanted Florida to be its own character in the film. And, you know, one of the things about Florida is like in every film, it's like, okay, there's theme parks, there's beaches, there's old people. It's like, what else is there? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like the Florida I grew up in. It's like, yeah, we would go to the beach and we'd do that, obviously, but there was just so much more, you know, like being mm-hmm. like a day at the skate park in Florida was always just crazy. This, this is the vibes. what's going on everyone my name is kenneth jackson and welcome back to cine vibes i'm of course joined here by my good friend and co-host trey riley hello and today we're sitting down with a very special guest somebody that we've been wanting to sit down for a while since we've gotten whiff of his big project right now making its way through a bunch of film festivals right now and his name is tony ahedo thank you so much for joining us yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we definitely wanted to sit down with you because Icon, that was a film that came onto our radar just recently. And honestly, after watching it in the Film Quest Film Fest, man, I I, I got to say I was blown away. I loved it. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, man. I mean, it was a big deal to kind of screen at CineQuest and, uh, you know, just kind of open it right out the door to a big audience. Yeah, that was uh, something that I I thought was really cool. And I think it was a good, it's one of the first online film fests that I've been to and that I, I went and watched projects at. So I thought that was really interesting. What was that? What was that like for you having it online? Was that any, any different than any projects you may have had previously in film fests? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, so Icon's been in two festivals so far, and the first one was CineQuest. Mm-hmm. Then we were the, just the closing night film for Florida Film Festival. So, two completely different experiences. The biggest thing about, like, you know, doing a virtual festival is when everybody is watching it, I'm just getting kind of random messages like, hey, the film was great. There's not, like, one set time. So, it's like, you know, the festival is just always going on. So, mm-hmm. instead of, like, you know everybody's playing for like 7 p.m. on this night. And so I'm like, okay, I got to talk to some people then and, you know, Mm -hmm. make a big deal out of it. It's just kind of all the time. So it was was cool. It was a little strange. But, yeah, I mean, I still think my favorite is just the in-person experience. You can't really match that. I bet there's that reception you get right off the bat when you're sitting in a room with people and you get to see their reactions and just the energy of the room is really big as well yeah yeah i mean it's you know there's nothing like seeing your film on on a movie screen (laughs) and the anxiety while watching it the whole time and hoping people don't hate it (laughs) yeah yeah so there wasn't any of that with cinequest because i was just like you know okay it's out there I cannot mm-hmm. think about it, but yeah, when you're sitting there in the theater, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm a little nervous now. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta try and sit in the back, see if you can gauge anyone from back there. And yeah, that's a fun experience being in person. Yeah. 
I think we both, I don't know exactly how Ken found it, but I know I was actually watching another film at CineQuest, and then I just happened to see that my friend, our friend Bryce Heller, he was a part of the project, and I was like, oh, sweet, like, just catch two. And, man, I had no idea that the quality level in this festival was going to be so high. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of you at that time. I hadn't heard of Icon. I hadn't heard of that festival. And so to see that and experience that and, like, the production value and everything that went along with that, I was just like, you know, tip of the cap. we got to get this guy on here. So we're glad you could be on. And I guess we mainly just want to talk about your experience with Icon, but before that, we can jump back and talk about a little bit how you got here. Before we hop into the interview, here's what's going on in the news this week. 21 Savage dropped his new single, Spiral, which is for the film coming out this weekend, this Friday. It is dropping. Chris Rock led with Samuel L. Jackson also in there. Looks awesome. Trailer looks great. So get out there, watch the film, and let us know what you think. We'll most likely be letting you know what we think as well. Also in the news this week, we had some news drop about the possibility of a sequel to 2019's Joker. Some insider information dropped about a planned sequel in the works at Warner Brothers. Although it has not been officially stated, it's hearsay, so it may be in the works. Let's hope so. I'd love to see a second one. But with that being said, let's hop back into the interview with Tony. It looks like you spent a pretty good bit of time cutting your teeth in the camera department, first seeing, doing some grip work, things like that. Yeah. What was your experience to get to Icon? How did you come to this project? Yeah, so, you know, I started, I got my career in film by uh, film skateboarding growing up. Um, so I've always, you know, just been kind of behind a camera. And so naturally I thought that would lead into being a cinematographer. So um, I ended up going to film school and, you know, there I trained to be a DP and it wasn't until my last year that I was like, you know, I kind of want to direct and give it a shot. And so I actually ended up directing the short film version of Icon. So that's, you know, kind of like my first like real like narrative piece that I did. I mean, I did like, you know, just like little commercials or like little things like that before, but it was the first film that I, you know, taken a crack at. And so, yeah, just kind of grown graduating school just you know the first way to get on a film set was just you know just start kind of crewing and just using you know that trade that I had you know trained for and so I was gripping ACing and I just you know learned a lot and met a lot of great people it ultimately you know led me down the path to be able to make Icon. And you mentioned that it was a short which I actually just watched before we jumped on here and I love the nuance I could see how you would want to come back and revisit that with a bigger budget and a more full story. Was that, after you started directing, was that the first film that you wanted to make into a feature or did the things just fall into place to do that? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I kind of always knew that Icon was going to be my first feature. I mean, it's super personal to me. It's, It's a drama. It's a, you know, it's a family film and it's something that I knew I could kind of, just pull from my own personal experience and make it, you know, what it is. Um, you know, they always say, kind of make what you know. And yeah. that's what I knew. 
So that was always going to be the first one. You know, with the short, it just kind of all happened so fast. It was just like, hey, I went to my teacher and I was like, hey, I kind of want to direct. I have this short story I wrote in a nonfiction class. I want to shoot this arcade sequence from it. I want to do this. He's like, no, make a short film. He's like, I'll give you a weekend. And then so I was just, I literally just kind of like got it together and there wasn't like, there was definitely a lot of thought process behind it, but not as much as like I had with the feature where I was able to like really jump into like Sam's character and his journey to where it's not like, you know, a flashback and like, you know, there's just some present day stuff happening also. It was more about whatever Sam was going through. So, right. Yeah, I when I was watching this film, I could tell it was extremely personal and that this this story it felt so familiar in a sense. It just like it, I could tell that it was written from a place where it was it had been experienced before. And and I knew like when I was watching it that it was very very special too. Especially the way it was shot, like Trey was saying, quality was fantastic. So I, I loved every little bit of it. The shots, cinematography, all of that was fantastic. And I could I could see the nuances of the film that were just fantastic. And I think like from your work uh, over the years, uh, have you seen yourself grow like in directing and everything since you had that first like outing with Icon, that short film, how has that been and how has that evolution been? So, you know, right right after I graduated, I mean, everybody's like, you know, what is your next project going to be? You know, what is the next thing you're going to do? And I was like, I'm not experienced enough to do the future version of Icon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it took me a little while just to kind of feel comfortable, you know, to get to that point. So I directed a couple of I mean, like seven or eight shorts, I think. Yeah. And then I ended up doing a TV series that I produced. And so all that just kind of gave me like experience with long form content, with different types of genres, trying to figure out what I liked best. And yeah, I mean, I, I literally did one short called Lost in Romance a couple of years ago mm -hmm. up here in Atlanta. And that was one that I really got to practice a lot of the romance kind of just chemistry things, just with people being close, <clears throat> intimate, the way they looked at each other, the way. So yeah. just, you know, set myself up. So I always had a practice run and, you know, mm -hmm. I already did the short, so I, I already need the, the tone and the style and all that. So I was really just able to kind of, you know, perfect it for, for icon. Yeah. Just, you know, what it needed to be. And icon is still a big glorying experience for me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just making something like that. But Yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think many people take into consideration like writing romances and actually filming directing them like what it takes to do such to make it natural and you know actually romantic you know what I mean like rather than just awkward and such like and so that's that's interesting you were talking about the trial run for that yeah I mean it's weird to direct people to kiss yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just getting like a little bit of experience with that, like it just went like such a long way without that. It would, you know, mid, I mean, the actors were so great in Icon, it's hard to kind of say it wouldn't have been as good, but it was nice because I knew how to talk to them, I knew how to approach them, I knew how to close the set down and make them comfortable and what mm -hmm. kind of rehearsals we needed to do to just get that natural chemistry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Parker and Devin, they had one day of rehearsal where they met. 
Wow. Yeah, so there oh, wasn't wow. like, you know, <laughs> weeks of like prep. It was like, you know, we had a short amount of time and a short amount amount of budget to kind of make this thing happen. So I mm-hmm. chatted with them a lot about their individual characters, but in a sense, you know, where they were coming from, it's still a lot of new love. So them not mm-hmm. being as close did work out to our, our advantage. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that you wanted to try out a lot of different genres beforehand. And, you know, I looked at your director's reel and I saw, I think, a horror short in there, maybe some type of comedy, perhaps. And I think I even saw a Western or something kind of set in that time frame. (laughs) So it's interesting that you dove into all those different ones, because for myself, you know, I want to make films like Icon, and that's kind of where I stay. I don't venture too far from that. And obviously a lot of those other types of films, horror, for instance, you don't necessarily need great character development. It's more about other things. And obviously with a film like Icon, that's all it's about is the characters and how well they have chemistry and work together. How difficult was it to find Parker and Devin? Or perhaps did that just fall into your lap? Yeah, so I had worked with Parker on a previous film. Again, coming from a DP background, I would, you know, just in the past just get asked sometimes to do different films. And so I actually gaffed his first feature. So I was a gaffer on it. Hmm. And then, you know, I was at the time, I want to say I was starting to write Icon. And you just kind of in the back of my head, didn't think anything of it. I'd mentioned like, hey, let's keep in contact. You know, I direct did all these projects. I'd been directing already a lot of shorts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was one of the first people that got like an audition. I mean, we did a full casting call here in Atlanta and we had a lot of great options come out. And there's just something about Parker that I just kept getting, you know, drawn back to. So um, Mm -hmm. I did a call back with him. And then once we did the call back, he was just kind of, he was kind of it. Mm-hmm. That was really awesome. You know, he showed up like almost in character. He was dressed like a skateboarder. He like had this whole playlist of music that he wrote that wow. like, this is what I think Sam listens to. And I've cool. just been listening to it when I've been reading the script and just thinking about it. And so like, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate that kind of dedication and collaboration. Mm-hmm. That's how you make real characters is you have your actors and you put a lot of trust in them that they're going to, you know, make that person their own. So yeah. that was one of the things that clicked. And then with Devin, it's a great story about Devin. So yeah, we were doing a lot of auditions, a lot of great people coming out. And I want to say that she might not have been able to make the call back. So I come back to Atlanta to see all these actresses in person. I got all these tapes. Mm-hmm. You know, we did a great thing. And then my casting director said, hey, we got these leftover tapes here if you want to take a look. And I went through and I saw Devin. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, she is... <laughs> she's really good. I want to talk mm-hmm. to her like now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to, th- I want to say, you know, like right after that we did a zoom call and you know, she just really loved the project and, and she's Devin, you know, she's great. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to say that was before I think her Netflix show went live teenage bounty hunters. So mm-hmm. she had like just wrapped that and it just worked out their schedule. So, mm-hmm. She's great. I mean, both of them together, you know, you guys saw the film. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. hard to deny their chemistry. So Yeah, they were both fantastic. I loved both performances. Extremely well done. And I, I think with 
Parker it, and also Devin at the same time. This is such a tough situation like to give an actor honestly like to play this form of a situation to say you are in these circumstances right you you're someone who just found out that this girl that he's been hooking up with is pregnant and, and just finding those emotions is so complex it's such a complex circumstance and i think on both sides devin and uh, Parker just I thought they did a fantastic job showing those different facets you know like the both terror and joy of it that is like a mixture between it so I mean I think I think that's you know again just you know an attestment to them as actors I want to say you know I think Devin had a really tough job because Parker has a lot of scenes mm-hmm. and you know the film is from his point of view so it's a little bit easier to humanize him but, you know, I had this whole backstory for Anna's character and scenes that actually didn't make the film that we shot. And so it was just working a lot with Devin about where she was coming from in the story and what was happening. What was happening mm-hmm. when she wasn't on screen was really important. Yeah. Into her development, because, you know, a lot of her development does happen off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was really good of her and then you know parker obviously just had so much to go through and deal with and you know as mm-hmm. with like indie production it's like you know in the morning you're screaming at her and then mm-hmm. you know later on the day it's got to be a really sweet scene so yeah. yeah not not all the time we tried to schedule it you know the best we could for them to kind of naturally be together mm-hmm. one of the cool things about shooting is their last scene that we shot was one of their first scenes in the film and we did that on mm. purpose that so they would have the most chemistry <laughs> it's when they're in the store and they're first flirting together and mm-hmm. he's like coming to see her at work so that was like super intentional to like put that there so yeah. they could yeah be back yeah. and forth mm-hmm. that's cool Man. yeah i think the again kind of coming back to the chemistry aspect of things it's like we've seen this type of story before you know Mm -hmm. every time we make a coming of age story there's only so many options of how like family life went for someone so to be able to make something that still feels fresh and original I think we just have to tip the cap to you and how you wrote this story and chose to structure it because, and also the elements around the story. Like for instance, I remember the music sticking out to me and the soundtrack, the score being very different and sort of painting that picture even further. How did you, or was it even a thought in your mind, I need to make this unique because this is a story that's kind of, been done before do you think about stuff like that or do you just try to make your story and hope it hits no so i mean in terms of like being different that never really crossed my mind i just kind of knew the way i was going to present the film was going to be different from the get-go i mean any story you tell i mean everything is kind of derivative of something and there's always Mm -hmm. inspiration from other films and things like that but yeah it's never going to be the same Unless you're like completely trying to copy something. <laughs> trying to rip it off. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had just like one in, you know, even like with the soundtrack, for example, it was always just about what fit the story the best. And 
what worked for a Florida film. Mm-hmm. So that that was a lot of, you know, went into this soundtrack. I mean, there's definitely inspiration from Tree of Life, you know, for how, sure. you know, they see flashbacks and, you know, we do a lot of classical music to kind of try to, you know, just not to kind of pay homage to movies like that where it feels like a memory and it, it works. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I had some great artists from St. Pete where the film was shot and where it's based in, you know, we had one of the rappers there do some music about like what it was like growing up there, like mm-hmm. for the film. So that kind of stuff, you know, was always important to me to kind of keep authentic mm-hmm. to the story. And, you know, some things, especially, you know, for, for Sam as a character, it was all supposed to be, you know, things that fit, fit the mo- moment and fit his style and fit, you know, who he was. So like, you know, he's skateboarding, there's cool tracks going on. Mm-hmm. you know he's at the party it's the type of music that he'd be listening to there it's right. all those things it all tries to make sense versus you know looking at it as like a film is more about sam's experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that makes sense and i i think that's something that i noticed as well was it being from the guy's perspective as well is something that i thought was really fresh as well because i i don't know if that's something i've necessarily seen a hundred percent before and and i don't know if it's and it might just be me but what is thought about the most is like what is the guy going through right whenever he gets this kind of news right and I, i love that perspective that you took on it because i I was interested myself when I read the slug line. I was like, oh, you know, I what do I don't even know where I would start (laughs) with that kind of emotion. Like, so for me, I was like, man, I so I watched it and I I was thinking to myself, man, I I can see his thoughts going on and like how conflicted he is. And I, I think that just goes to show the directing and the writing of it as well. And I think that's where some of the personal uh, aspects come in for it as well and to talk about the vibe of the film i i was like man i love this vibe that you got going on in the film like it was very i it was shot in florida right yeah. it was all shot in florida and i i just was like it, it was almost like a summer dream almost in my opinion it, that was kind of like the vibe i had from it and i especially being shot in Florida, I could just feel that essence of Florida in it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that that was, you know, we wanted Florida to be its own character in the film. And, you know, one of the things about Florida is, like, in every film, it's like, okay, there's theme parks, there's beaches, there's old people. It's like, what else is there? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like the Florida I grew up in, it's like, yeah, we would go to the beach, um, we would do that obviously but there was just so much more you know like being mm-hmm. like a day at the skate park in florida was always just crazy yeah <laughs> growing up and just being able to kind of show that was was really cool mm-hmm. going into the writing process i mean so i mean i'm going to contradict myself because i said i wasn't trying to be different but I was trying to show a different side from pregnancy mm-hmm. movies that we've seen because obviously the woman's perspective is is the story, mm-hmm. usually. You know, it it's there, there's so many good stories about that and so many strong women like persevering over, you know, a pregnancy, whether whether they're with somebody, whether they're young, whether they're having it, whether they're not having it, all those different types of stories. And 
Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, a little tough to actually just keep it kind of one-sided because there's so mm-hmm. many times where I was like, man, this would be great just to write what's going on with Anna <laughs> right now because mm-hmm. it yeah. would help explain, you know, you know, maybe give the audience a little bit of reason, you know, why Sam is doing something. Yeah. But, you know, I try to really stick away from that and just kind of try to keep it just so so it was different because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a man and... Mm-hmm. I uh, grew up as a teenage boy, so I don't know anything about being a teenage girl and being pregnant. Yeah, no saying it. I can't. <laughs> I can't explain. I don't what, even know where I'd begin. Yeah, what what she's feeling, I have no idea. But I can definitely touch on like if I was in that situation, what would have been going through my head and what you know, the kind of things I would have been freaking out about and mm-hmm. you know, going through. So that that's kind of the whole point. You know, and it's the show. Yeah, there's just this like idea of like masculinity, like, you know, when you're growing up and, you know, yeah. being a man and, you know, how sometimes it can be very toxic. Yeah, that was a that was something I was thinking about as well. And I, I think it's a, a subject that is touched on in the film as well as the fact of an absent father. I think that's a, a subject I, I see a bit in these, but it wasn't approached from the same way as other films as well there was that longing for the most part of the film for that father connection and what it was like to not have the father and then also those thoughts of i think most other films address as well as is he gonna stay you know is he gonna stay and support her and the child and stuff like that uh and him wrangling with that and coming to his own decision i think was really interesting as well because i i I don't know if I've seen something that addressed that aspect before. I think the, yeah, I think the difference I've seen there is that when reflecting on his father, he actually has these good memories. I was going to ask you if you've seen a movie called The Spectacular Now. Yeah. Because I love that movie and he has the absent father and, he never has the memories that flashback, but he remembers that his dad was cool or whatever he thought was cool, and then turns out he's a douchebag. But in that same vein, you tell that story, yet you show the memories and you have the music that accompanies that, and it really almost kind of fools you that maybe for a split second he actually might have been cool and then something happened, but turns out mm-hmm. like you might imagine he yeah. sucked yeah so i mean it, it all comes from the title you know icon because mm-hmm. it's all about you know when you when you don't have a parent and you kind of make them you know this thing in your head mm-hmm. and so it's a superhero almost it's like you know you have this great idea and you know a lot of kids that do have parents think of their parents this this way Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that their parents were somebody, they were something cool. And in Sam's case, you know, he has this dad that he's kind of heard these things that he thinks is cool at the time that, you know, he mm-hmm. wanted to rob people and he was like a badass. And yeah, my dad's in prison, whatever. <laughs> and so for him, he's like, you know, well, I guess I must be like him. You know, I must mm-hmm. be kind of following in his footsteps i must be going through those things and he's just like yeah. putting up this idea of him so what w- one of the things that is it like a conscious choice is the actors that we use are different for young mm-hmm. dad and old dad mm-hmm. you know what we wanted to do is we wanted the younger actor to resemble parker a little bit more right 
because again, he's like putting this image of this guy together in his head. Mm-hmm. He's seeing what he wants to see. He's seeing the, the resemblances. He's seeing everything. Right. Instead of, you know, looking at you know, the things that are different. Yeah. Um, th- th- there's a really good documentary, which I'm just thinking about now, but there's probably some inspiration and it's called Three Brothers. Three Brothers. Have you heard of it? Or I have heard of it. I haven't seen it. It was really intriguing. Yeah, so I mean that's a, that's a great one to check out because it's all about this idea of like these brothers that were always looking for like what was so similar about them, and then mm-hmm. you know not about what was different just because they were twins. They were trying to figure out, you know, oh my god, we both all smoke the same pack of cigarettes. We all do this. Yeah. So I definitely think you know a little bit of that film probably inspired some of the things when I was writing Icon. There's mm-hmm. a lot of little details that got left out just for cutting time, like. Sam, yeah. and, Sam and the dad smoked the same pack of cigarettes, stuff like that. Mm, so yeah. just wow. little things that were just all kind of going through his head when he's seeing all these little details that was like, man, I'm, yeah. that's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that aspect because I honestly, like when I saw the father in prison versus the flashbacks, it was a stark difference. And it was whenever he met the father as well, you could see it in the eyes as well and just like the realization just almost just draining from him and i i think that was a a fantastic choice because i think it uh is one that you know that idea of remembering and the haziness of memories is just something that uh i think is a really cool aspect that you had in the film as well so i really love that was it so to talk a little bit more about like technical aspects or such, was there anything you came into this project uh, with that you knew you wanted to go for as far as like not necessarily style, but just some like were there any other conscious choices as far as evoking emotion through like cinematography? Because I know you've had a good bit of work behind the camera and just understanding the camera. Was there any element of the cinematography that you had going into this? that you wanted to try and, you know, achieve? Yeah, so interestingly enough, my DP Harrison, he was the producer on my short. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew each other back in school, and he's just been like a huge supporter of this project since day one. So, you know, we'd always just kind of talk about it. Oh, what would we do different in the future? And then, you know, when it came time, you know, he was, he's still uh, an associate producer on the film, but he was like, hey, I want to shoot this for you. I, I know I can mm-hmm. do it. I'm going to do a good job, so... Yeah, he signed on, and one of the things was probably the most distinct visual thing that we had always said we were going to do is shoot on two different cameras for each timeline, mm. and shoot different styles. Yeah, during the present day, there's never really a stabilizer besides a tripod, okay, or a handheld. So there's no dolly shots, there's no gimbal, there's no Steadicam, there's nothing mm-hmm. like that. And during the flashbacks, it's all on a gimbal or on a Steadicam. So Mm. it's all kind of flowy. It's kind of like that. And we used the two different cameras. We used a pocket 4K for the flashbacks Mm. with a like a 60s modded vintage lens. So Harrison, you like glued this thing from like a projector together. (laughs) And so it gave it that, you know, we did a lot of lens tests to try to figure out how could we like kind of emulate Mm -hmm. something that looks like almost a little 16 millimeter. Yeah. But, you know, we knew we had to shoot digital for cost and budget and going through. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, all like the bokeh on the sides, like all the blurredness and like the vignettes, that's all in camera. Wow. Wow. 
That's impressive. Yeah, so that was really cool. And then, you know, for the present day, we did a lot of long lens stuff because we kind of wanted to be looking into Sam's life a little bit. Yeah. So we would stay away. We'd do a lot of handheld to kind of stick with them. Um, there's a lot of times on set where I was like, hey, I need you to light this 360. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm going to let Parker go off. I've told him to yeah. go smash something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need and him to like, go in. I, need about <laughs> I didn't uh, tell him what specifically hour. to smash. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, hey, man, just go, just give me something. Yeah. So that was great. You know, we just had a really good working relationship, Harrison and I, and we were just kind of like in sync. And it was never, we, you know, we never wanted the cinematography to overtake the acting or the story yeah. or what was happening. So it was yeah. always just like a, like a, not necessarily second thought, but it came mm-hmm. second to everything else. Yeah. And it, it was a lot different for me because, you know, if you guys take a look at any of my other shorts, they're very visually strong. I'm usually very much like planning out entire sequences in my head. But, mm-hmm. you know, with this one, you know, we'd have a shot list and I'd go in and I'd be like, well, I'm going to not freak out that they need to hit this mark to do the perfect yeah. dolly shot. That was never yeah. what, I, what I wanted to do. It was more mm-hmm. like, Hey, if you want to go there, let's let's try it. Let's see. Let's see what happens yeah. in the moment. And so that was really cool to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that was very freeing for the actors as well to just yeah. not be so strict on the technical and just let things happen. Our enemies, the marks. <laughs> Your focus puller is like, oh, hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah, so our AC champion because... Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. You're just going to have to go with the flow on this one. I told him to do something completely different. He's <laughs> over here sweating. Yeah, he's like, all right, man. He's like, you're shooting long lenses. All right, it's like that Jordan Phil. Yeah, see this just thing. sweat pouring. Got the one point six. Definitely Brandon, our AC, gets a lot of a lot of props. For, Shout out uh, to Brandon, wherever you sticking are. Sticking it out. Um, I, th- I want to say I think Devin, it was the starkest contrast for her coming from like TV um, doing because mm-hmm. you know Icon was her first film, and mm-hmm. just having like that onset collaboration and like you know not feeling like because you know she said a lot of times when she'd go on set it's like you know there's time to do multiple takes but you're kind of just there to show up hit your mark say your line get the lines right and then you're, and then they're moving on because they're shooting so much but yeah it was more like you know I'd work with her and be like hey so let's try something different on this take and she never I don't think she really had a lot of that you right. know, freedom before so. Definitely mm-hmm. a different experience for her. And, you know, a lot of the great stuff from um, the set, you know, is incorporated because we mm-hmm. were just trying different different takes yeah. and, and things. It seemed like you guys used a lot of natural lighting as much as possible, obviously, nighttime. Some of the party stuff, there's, like, lights wherever they need to be. But talk about kind of stripping it back and doing that versus being really light heavy obviously some component might be budget wise but there's something that's unique about just trying to use what's already given to you and yeah i think it really adds something to a story like this because it feels more just realistic and i think that's part of what you're going for yeah yeah so i mean that was definitely a big intention i mean harrison knew coming in i was like hey i want to have flexibility and we don't really have time to perfect every single shot and make it you know this magnus opum of lighting 
like we like we usually like to do. I mean, we like to light it up. We have all the toys and like, you know, I think it's it took a lot of restraint to not use them, to not, mm-hmm. you know, work on everything just because it wasn't that type of movie. You know, especially working in the in with the flashbacks where I got a three-year-old kid running around. Right. You know, he was three at the time and, I mean, he just did not want to sit or like, you know, it had to sometimes not be, hey, we're not acting. We're just playing at the beach today. Right. You got to be, you know, really open. You know, we would light stuff and kind of be like, all right, I hope he's going to sit at this table for this shot and we're going to get in. All right, are you ready to roll? <laughs> we're all ready. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. We're going to tail slate. Let's get this going. And uh, so, you know, it was a lot of moving like that. Sometimes with RJ, our, our three-year-old actor, just to be able to pull stuff off like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, you know, a lot of the takes with the actors, I never wanted to do something where, you know, Parker or Devin, they were having to look at the side of a map box. Right. Because that just, like, didn't work for me. It just wasn't, I was like, no, I want them to be there together. And even if there's mm-hmm. a big camera right next to somebody's head... Yeah. It's, you know, you're still having somebody to play off of because, I mean, I know the best actors can just dial it in and do that. And we had to do mm-hmm. it for like maybe one or two shots, but mm-hmm. it was more important to to have them playing off of each other because I was never knew if like a good improv moment or a good just, you know, happy accident was going to happen in a take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just setting up and, you know, we had two different gaffers on the film. Mm-hmm. And they were just really flexible with, you know, sometimes they would set up and I would come in and be like, hey, there's way too many stands in this room. Let's Can we just like <laughs> slim it up? <laughs> I'm like, if I can't get through here, the actors like. Right. Just stepping over stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was really good just, you know, collaborative effort and everybody kind of knew, you know, we were there to make this thing and knew the film we were making. So that really helped. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love that aspect you were talking about with having the actors there rather than just giving them an eye line and the actor not be there or at least be looking at just a, a light or something like that. It is, I, I think that's fantastic because as an actor myself, I like it's so powerful like when you're connecting with somebody else. And I think that definitely comes across in the film as well is that that power in the actor's eyes when they're connecting with the other person. And uh, I think that's amazing. And then also the freedom allowed on set is really huge as well. Cause I know some projects it's, you know, it, it, it can be tough when you don't know who it is on set. And then um, you're coming onto this set just completely blind from not knowing the people too well and how it's going to go. And just that comfortability of being like, you know, we'll we'll work with it. Right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, every, every film's different. You know, there's films where there's an explosion going to happen right behind you. So you got to hit that mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah. Can't miss that. So this was not one of those, you know, everything, you know, just felt very collaborative, even with the actors like there, it's like they were just as much a part of it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they would come in and we'd be doing a scene and Parker, if he felt that Sam would do something different, like, um, well, I think he would go over here first and do this. And, you know, we would talk Mm -hmm. about it, discuss it. And it was just really good with the whole, with the whole cast, you know, not just Parker and Devin with Bryce and, julia and tony they all just you know kind of brought just like another level of you know filmmaking and as a director it's great to have that 
kind of support. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, it is a two way street that people yeah. don't realize is like, you know, you know, if they actually don't kind of believe in the lines that they're saying, then yeah. it makes it a little bit weird. <laughs> right. right. We didn't yeah. actually talk about Julia yet playing his mom, but that's a dynamic that if it doesn't work, it just, it could be like cheesy even and like yeah. terrible. But I think she threaded the needle with some level of assertiveness and like, oh, I actually am a good mom, but maybe I've kind of lost my way and let him stray a little bit too far. But then also ultimately just being there to hold him when he needed it at that really emotional moment, which, by the way, I mean, I was a puddle when that, like, (laughs) it just makes you question, like, any time that you ever thought, am I good enough? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, am I going to do anything in life? And I think we've all kind of been there at one point or another. Yeah, I mean, that that was, you know, Sam's kind of, like, cornerstone, I'd say, is, you know, him him doubting himself the entire film and you know like, you know i'm a bad person he, he asked it in the film earlier you know and you know do you think people are supposed to be bad and so it's just you know that that was his arc and it was just his his thing that i would draw to on every single scene i was like what is his mentality here you know and it's mm-hmm. you have this amazing girl that you knocked up and yeah. you know who is who's the loser here you know, in this situation. Mm-hmm. So it was really important for me to kind of, you know, put that kind of human side that people definitely question. Cause not everybody might have those doubts every single day, but for his character and having already been abandoned by a loved one, mm-hmm. you know, it was the, the right kind of thing to, to ground him and bring him back. And yeah. So yeah. And then Julia, yeah, she was just outstanding to work with. It's the second time I've worked with her. And so, I worked on a film with her before where did a little co-directing on it. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of like a weird situation happened where like something happened with the director and somehow I was the most qualified on set. <laughs> I just started calling action and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to give you some notes. <laughs> and so she was really, you know, we just really started clicking on that level. And then uh, as soon as I told her I had my own project, you know, it was another one of those things where, you know, we did a whole big casting call and, she was just just kept you know staying in my head like hey she could really work and mm-hmm. you know she could play both sides that you were talking about Trey just like the nurturing but stern yeah it was really nice to see the whole cast click there I I'm gonna call out Netflix slightly but only because I see it there the most the casting never works in a lot of these movies they make. I don't, like, they spend millions of dollars and I don't know how they can't get good chemistry. But to see a whole cast really click and work well together, even when they maybe don't even see each other, but they all feel like they're in the same world, that's huge. Like, that gives the project millions of dollars of production value that, in my opinion, is just... I don't know how they don't get it right, but it's cool to see a smaller project get that right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I think, you know, because people are talented and you just got to let them work. And that, that's at the end of the day, you got to you got to understand that, you know, an actor isn't just like a like a piece, like a camera right. or like something just to make a movie. And it's like yeah. it's a person that you can collaborate with and a person that you mm-hmm. can talk to. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you do little things 
to like try to try to help make the chemistry better. Like with Bryce mm-hmm. specifically, we brought him to the skate park with Parker and Cy and we just had them hang out. Mm-hmm. So like that was on screen. I I was there with him. We were all skateboarding. You know, uh, funny thing about Bryce was he had told me he had skateboarding experience. Mm-hmm. and he did not have skateboarding experience <laughs> so i gave oh, him the best crash course in a couple of days <laughs> that i could i mean he, he did a really good job like him parker and Cy. we had them stay for the first couple of days in an airbnb together to kind of try to build that friend relationship so they're mm-hmm. watching movies they're going out to get food to eat oh. and so we're prepping other things, but, you know, I just wanted them to kind of get that friendly back and forth to where they're comfortable, you know, smacking yeah. each other in the chest yeah. and like doing things that aren't necessarily scripted like that. But it, it, it's just so much of like a friend really that you would do with somebody. That comfortability. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's huge as well. And I think that's something I've noticed on a lot of independent work. And that's why I like it so much is because the passion is just so palpable between everybody on set. You know, it's it, you're not making the huge bucks on this thing and you're there because you want to support other creatives. And that's what I've noticed uh, on projects I've worked on is I, I'm there even if it's two states away. I'm a I'm a be there because I believe in the vision and what this, you know, the entire cast, crew and the production is just all about. And I think that's one of my favorite things is having that opportunity to be with the other actors and even get to talk to the crew and everyone and just getting to know them a little bit better. You said you were working on the project Parker was on and you talked to him and y'all made that connection you know that's something that I think is so fantastic is talking with other people on set and making those connections that's the biggest thing for me when I'm on set and I I just absolutely love that and I love that you gave them the time to build that connection and that friendship and that chemistry as well no I mean somebody I'm trying to remember who but they told me like very early on in my career that there's always going to be one person on a set, one person mm-hmm. that will impact you on a future film or do something to kind of help you. And I've always found that to be true. No matter if I just went in day played on something, it's like, hey, this person just dropped out. I need I need you to come fill in as a camera operator like today. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, you came and helped me. Sure, I'm there. Let's do it. Yeah. So just any of those like connections and, you know, I, tell i try to tell people that are like just starting out and they're gripping and you know or they're doing ac work and they're trying to figure out like i want to direct and make make my own films also i'm like well you're meeting all the people that you're going to make it with right now Mm -hmm. you're meeting the act i'm like are you taking a chance to talk to the actors and talk to them and see Mm -hmm. what their interests are you know yeah i said just because in even you know an actor that you might not even think their performance is that great in the project you're on you know but it just might not be their best project yeah I was always kind of, you know, like looking for stuff like that when I was making my films. And that's how I was able to do Icon for, you know, a low budget and, um, you know, make it out. I mean, it, it came out. I, I couldn't imagine it being, you know, better than, you know, what what it is. Because yeah. I don't know if I would have wanted it to be any yeah. better. Because I think maybe some of the, you know, the passion might have been lost if, you know, we had a lot more money. So, mm-hmm. Until this episode, obviously, I hadn't met you, but I felt like you left the whole story 
on the screen there and you made the movie you wanted to make. And I think that's what it's all about. If you can pull that off, like that's successful. You know, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. beyond that really what happens. But I am curious beyond the film festivals. I'm sure there's several more, probably a lot more actually, because you just got started. What's uh, what's next after the festivals? Or can you talk about the festivals even? And then what's next? Yeah, so we're, we're submitted to a couple other ones. We'll see what happens with those. You just got Sarasota as well, Film Fest, which is awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome screening. I mean, it's uh, Parker's hometown, so that's kind of why we wanted to screen there and just have oh, a big homecoming cool. for him. So he's going to get the full high school, you know, there and all his family, extended family. <laughs> we're going to have a good time. So, yeah, we're really excited for that. Just, you know, Sarasota is a good spot for mm-hmm. Things like that. And it's just, you know, fun to go back to the theaters and see it. Yeah. But I definitely do get festivaled out. And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know I'm, I'm writing right now. So I'm working on a new screenplay. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of Icon, it's, uh, we have a sales agent and, you know, they're actively seeking distribution right now. So it wanted to say, it was the week that we screened at Florida Film Festival. So last week, that's when we started hitting the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've already gotten some callbacks and can't really talk about it just yet. But mm-hmm. right. yeah, we're hoping to try to get get it out, you know, for the masses kind of um, yeah. end of the year, start of next year. And when, whenever the, the, the timing is kind of right and, you know, it's a right home for us. We're not trying to rush it yeah. at all. I mean, I think that's the benefit with, you know, when you make something lower budget is that you don't have like tons and tons and tons of investors like overhead coming down on you to be like, when is when is this coming out? You know, yeah. when is this unit? It's more like now we want to make sure that it gets the best release it possibly can. Yeah, that's fa- that's that's a great, and that's something that I look forward to is being able to have this on demand for myself and uh, to be able to go back and watch it for the different elements that I am missing and that I missed, and that I, I just want to be able to revisit this film multiple times. Yeah. Um, but with that being said. Uh, and Icon going through the circuit and you said you're writing currently, what is it like to have this feature finished under your belt? What is that feeling like for you? That's got to be a, a heck of a feeling. I mean, uh, specifically with Icon, Icon, like I was saying, I've been telling people for years, like Icon's going to be my first feature. So mm-hmm. it's kind of freeing because now, you know, I, I just moved up here to Atlanta. So it's like I kind of put that chapter of Florida and Icon, you know, behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still always going to push the film and do whatever, but now it's, ex- you know, I'm excited to start, you know, these next projects. And, you know, I'm already, I've always been working. I'm still shooting. Um, yeah. I'm doing two documentaries right now. And then mm-hmm. I'm trying to produce a horror feature at the end of the year. Ah. So I got, it's cool to just have projects and not like have this feature kind of, not looming, but just like, yeah. what am I doing? I need to get this movie made. That was always, you know, what I was telling myself. Like, okay, if is this short practice for Icon? Am I making a good decision putting all this time into it instead of mm-hmm. working on the script or producing it or doing something mm-hmm. like that? But now that I've kind of done it, it's like nice because, you know, people that I've seen are like, cool, we can trust you <laughs> making a yeah. movie, which is so tough. That, that's a huge part of it is getting 
something else on your resume that's just really good and people can see that oh yeah he's capable of handling a future and so Mm -hmm. i'm excited for you man i i'm excited to see where icon goes and where you end up going i mean obviously i think you're gonna be making some pretty awesome projects and sounds like in a lot of different genres which is cool so yeah yeah man i uh don't know. I mean, the, the next project I direct is still like up in the air because uh, I have like so many different avenues that I could go and I'm trying to yeah. figure out what's the best one. But I started writing another icon type project also. So because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I like this, you know, I didn't because, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I think growing up as like a director and like wanting to be a director and say that you always want to be like, I want to make, you know, crazy explosion movies and, you mm-hmm. know, Jurassic Park and just like kind of yeah. like things that or more fantasy based or like, yeah, you know, just take people away. Movies. Yeah. Popcorn yeah. movies. And so I still think that's definitely inside of me and I'll hopefully I can make one one day, but yeah, it's also, you know, just those movies. Like I recently saw Minari and this, you know, probably my mm-hmm. favorite film oh, that so I saw this year. And I was just like, you know, I just love stuff like that. And so I would love to be able to make another drama. That's, you know, just a snapshot for like a small period of time. Yeah. I think that's a really big thing for writers as well. And, you know, I'm a fledgling writer, just very, very (laughs) on the cusp of starting. And I I, I feel like getting that, there's something about making a solid story and just not worrying about all the glitz and glamour that could come from like bigger explosions and all these other this fanfare and such and just creating solid stories with relationship because i, I most movies i i would think all movies comes from the relationship between characters and the stakes at hand and having the ability to use a limited amount of resources to achieve a really solid film just gets you that step closer like you were talking about just gives you a trial run for these bigger projects you could achieve yeah i mean that's uh that's the goal i mean i would love to you know sprinkle some of this you know good character development into popcorn movies and just try to Mm -hmm. you know actually care if the guy gets blown up (laughs) the girl gets blown up yeah i'm 100 behind you on that i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm so tired of action movies with no plot (laughs) yeah i mean like i think i think my favorite one is uh like john wick i'm just like watching i'm like i'm i'm just like not i don't care i'm like not worried about him the whole time i'm like he's got Mm. this i'm like there's no there's no pressure there's no like Ken, whatever. You gotta step in. You gotta <laughs> fix John Wick. John Wick. It, it needs. It needs a hero. Uh, <laughs> These poor stuntmen are about to get their yes. ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's see, see how, how they're, they're gonna, gonna meet there. their fate this time. Now that's. Uh, I love how you mentioned John Wick. You brought it up because it's one of my favorite films. Hit a heart like, just, Man, I, I I enjoy it. It's just yeah, but the yeah. whole character, I'm just not right. ever worried about him because I'm like, just gonna kill these people. There's there's just this. I I think that's just the character development that I'm just like I love is the fact that I'm like, dude, he he just walked into a room with like a hundred people. I'm not concerned about this man you at killed him all. With like, a he's about card. to find some way. <laughs> You're concerned for the hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so fantastic. we like to wrap things up here with asking, what have you been watching? Anything noteworthy that we should know about? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I just rewatched Eastbound and Down, so probably not. <laughs> looking that's, for. I mean, it's I got some comedic value, so that's fun. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the comedic timing of that show is you know really good, and I'm a big comedy fan, so um, I've been kind of jumping into that. You know, it's it's so weird, kind of jump through different things, but I also just watch rewatched the first season of True Detective. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whenever I'm writing, you know, I try to kind of, like, watch things that inspired me or, like, just get a tone for how they pace things and, you know, the characters and, you know, so two very different shows. But, uh, right. yeah, I mean, I, I rewatch a lot of stuff because I think, you know, the first time you watch something, it's just, like, crazy. You're just absorbing it. You're just getting it. And you kind of miss, like, some of the filmmaking things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, my most recent film I just watched was Mortal Kombat, which was like Mortal <laughs> Kombat a day yeah. or two ago. I went and saw it in a movie theater and it was awesome. So nice. Uh, <laughs> but like for that, it's like you don't go to that for character development at all. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see, you know, the next kind of films I get to make. Hopefully it can be something. Obviously, it's going to be Mortal Kombat mixed with Eastbound and Down mixed with True Detective. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, it would just be <laughs> wild. I, I could only hope. <laughs> I can tell you <laughs> that be a wild ride. it'd be entertaining. So. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Tony, for joining us on the podcast and sitting down and talking about Icon and then also your experiences in the film industry so far. I know Trey and I will be keeping close tabs on you and watching where you go from here. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I mean, you two are are great interviewers and it was a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, it'd be awesome to work with you sometime. But aside from that, how can people find you? What's your social media? Can they see Icon anywhere? Find Icon. It's just Icon the Movie um, on Instagram or on Facebook. And yeah, the best place is probably Instagram. I think that's the place I update the most with whatever's going on. It's the mm-hmm. quickest. So mm-hmm. I would just say follow us on there. And then the same goes for me. You can just find me in a tag post or uh, my Instagram handle is uh, TJ Hito. And so, yeah, I'm always kind of just posting whatever I'm working on. I try to do set photos whenever I can. Yeah, I'm typically kind of bad at social media, but. (laughs) (laughs) Tends to be the trend with filmmakers. It's like you need to be showing stuff, but then at the same time you don't. And it's like, ah. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to get, I had to get better with it, you know, for icon, but. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. I have it. No, I, I post probably. Every four or five months. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm about the same. Even if I tell yeah. myself, like, yeah, I'm going to post more. I'm going to do more things. It just doesn't no, happen. It just doesn't pan out. It's like Man. exercising as a New Year's resolution. Doesn't happen. <laughs> doesn't happen. Well, thank you so much again, Tony. It really means a lot that you took the time out of your day to sit down with us. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, guys. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this interview with Tony as much as we did. Uh, He's an awesome creative and really an amazing person to just sit down and talk with. So I definitely follow him in the future uh, and his projects coming up. Go find Icon on Instagram. Go follow him on Instagram. 
this is a guy that I think we're going to see a lot more of and just has a level of talent that is not necessarily something that you can learn. It's just innate. Mm-hmm. And so check out Tony and what he's working on and check us out. Yeah. If you're just now joining in for the first time, we've got other episodes. You probably saw in the title. This is number 33. So guess what? That means there's 32 other ones. So when you get a few free spare 30 hours, go check those out. And you can do so on all the platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, where you're putting together your mixtape, as we like to Mm -hmm. joke about. Yes. And you can follow us there. You can click that little button. They can what? They can follow? They can follow us and see updates. You can see when we're interviewing people like Tony again. And we would really appreciate that. Yes. You can also find us on Instagram at the Cinevibes. And of course, email us. We want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have movie recommendations that we should check out and review. Maybe you're a fellow creative or some form of actor, filmmaker, gaffer, grip, and Mm -hmm. are interested in being on the podcast. We'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. So you can do that at the cinevibescast at gmail.com. Yeah. Reach out. Let us know what you do. We're interested in all walks of life when it comes to film. And it it does not necessarily don't feel like uh don't discount yourself. Like we, if you've been crushing it as a PA for ten years, like let's get get you on here. Like right. you've let's got, get the ball rolling. Why haven't you emailed us already? Probably half the people in the industry just by doing that. <laughs> we That's see fantastic. you we see you we see and you we know that you hear us because you're listening right now that's right and with that being said thank you so much for listening and we're out mm-hmm.